Hello everyone, and welcome to the BS Book Club. I, as always, am your host, Bartleby Jones. And at the end of last week's episode, there was an epic showdown between the BS and the god known as Dionysus. Will they conquer the vine man? Find out in this week's episode. Chapter 21. Bottoms up. You two know each other? Scotty asks as D holds out his hand gracefully. Scotty reluctantly returns D's handshake only for him to grip the hand of our hero. Why, yes, darling. D answers, kissing Scotty's hand. You see, I challenged your friend to a drinking contest and went on to publicly trounce him before all of my peers. This guy trounced you? Scotty asks, shooting a look towards Blake. Publicly, Blake responds, glaring towards D. A public trouncing, wow. Scotty responds, placing his hands on his hips. I mean, I didn't think people just trounced in public nowadays. I mean, we're modern men. We should trounce in the privacy of our own homes. Scotty, I don't think you know what trounce means. Blake quietly whispers as Dionysus grabs an empty glass off a nearby table and snaps his fingers, refilling it instantly with red wine. Oh, believe me, I do. Scotty smirks, pulling a pistol out of his pocket and aiming it at the head of Dionysus. The god's eyes grow wide as he looks over at the barrel of the gun. Because this motherfucker is about to get trounced. Oop, okay, okay. Let's not do anything too hasty here. D responds in a meek tone. He quickly finishes his glass of wine, then raises both hands in the air. Blake quickly fishes his pistol out of his pocket as they're doubling up their efforts against the god. How's that for meek, huh? Blake's eyes have now grown wild as the power rush takes over him. He fires the gun at a nearby wine bottle, busting it open. Scotty looks over, a bit concerned for Blake's sanity. You wanna get nuts? Let's get nuts. Is he always like this? D asks, giving Scotty an idea. I certainly hope not. Scotty asks as he casually attempts to lower Blake's arm. In the meantime, D looks down at their chests, noticing their middleman badges. His eyes grow wide, knowing what the middlemen are capable of. Scotty continues to attempt to calm Blake down as D attempts to sneak away. Well, it's been fun, but I gotta go. D makes a beeline for the door when Scotty turns around quickly, firing his gun into the shoulder of the god, sending him to the ground. The two walk over to him, watching as he writhes in pain. What the fuck is wrong with you two? In all honesty, it's our first day on the job. We're still kind of getting used to it. Scotty remarks, holstering his weapon. I mean, I know you saw our badges. I know you know who we are. Come with us or else. Suddenly, the cock of a gun is heard. Unfortunately for the boys known as the BS, the sound had come from neither of their weapons. A smile grows on Dee's face as they turn around to face Rebus, standing tall, wielding a mighty shotgun. Now look, I might not like that kid, but he's family. He approaches our hero slowly, eyes trained on both. Now, I don't want to have to hurt you, but I need you to know that you don't hurt my family. Middlemen, huh? 
He laughs as the boys stare in fear, aware that they have no chance of besting Rebus. He places his weapon by his side, checking out Scotty's badge. Never would have had you panned for middlemen. It's kind of a new thing, Scotty remarks, finally breaking their silence. We just got the badges the other week, actually. Am I less likely to die if my badge is just a sticker? Blake asks nervously. Rebus chuckles and steps behind the bar. Let me see if I remember. Rogue's Brew and a Lagavulin? He asks calmly as the two boys cautiously walk up to the bar. D tries to make his way to his feet when suddenly a shotgun blast takes off one of his legs. This shot didn't come from our heroes, however. It came from Rebus. You ain't going nowhere either, you dumbass. Wait, so are you helping us or hurting us? Blake asks, picking up his mug of beer. He goes for a sip, then thinks better of it. Like, this isn't poisoned, right? Well, it's all poison when you think about it. Rebus chuckles to himself as Blake sets the beer back down. It's not poison, big man. Look, sorry, I keep forgetting you mortals have to worry about that whole death thing. Could be worse. Scotty sips his Lagavulin, looking up at Rebus. I'm sure living forever gets boring after a while. <laughs> Your father said the same thing first time he met me. Scotty's eyes grow wide at the mention of his father. He starts to leap over the counter when Rebus calmly sets our hero back down, pouring him another glass. Don't worry, son. Me and your papa agreed on a lot of things. He preached the middleman credo day in and day out. Rebus smiles, taking a sip of liquor himself. What stay above, stay above. What live below, live below. So can I leave, or... They hear a voice behind them remark. They turn to see D, propping himself up against a table, attempting to limp his way out of the bar. With a smile, Rebus jumps over the bar and approaches the god, slamming his head against the table. D, you know the rules, he remarks, holding down the struggling deity. These nice young men found you, and now they're taking you back to where you belong. Scotty, hand me the cage. The cage? Scotty remarks nervously. Oh, for Christ's sake, you didn't bring a cage? Rebus groans, grabbing D by the scruff of his neck and dragging him towards the BS. How exactly did you plan on getting this guy back to the base? I don't know. I was more focused on the guns and the cool stuff, Scotty blurts out. I didn't think about a cage. I just thought he'd come with us. I mean, not for nothing, but even I think that's a dumb idea. D remarks, holding up a finger. Rebus slams him against the bar, rattling a group of nearby bottles. Blake smirks as the shaking bottles of liquor give him an idea. Meanwhile, Scotty uses the best tactic he knew to get D to comply. Please? Scotty urges to D, who merely laughs at the hero's begging. Just come with us, man. Hmm... How about a no, sweetheart? Scotty groans as D smiles, pink smoke pouring around his wounds and repairing his body. Pretty please? Scotty continues as Rebus rolls his eyes, surprised that this was the son of one of the greatest middlemen he ever knew. We'll let you go. Blake yields as D jumps to his feet in glee. The other two stare at the man known as the Bee, shocked at this revelation. As Dionysus attempts to exit, however, Blake grabs his arm and slams him back into the chair. On one, 
condition. What? D asks nervously as he turns to see Blake holding two large pitchers of wine. D's eyes grow wide as Blake sets one of the porons in front of him. A wicked smile grows across his face as Blake extends his hand for a gentleman's agreement. Drinking Contest Chapter 22 The Rematch I'm sorry, dear, but did you just ask for... Another drinking contest? Dee laughs a bit as he smirks, grabbing Blake's hand and shaking it firmly. I'm sorry, but we've already gone over the whole public trouncing thing, right? Yes. Yes, we've discussed the trouncing, Blake comments with a sigh. Uh, the trouncing that was done quite publicly, Scotty tacks onto the conversation. I swear, if I hear the word trounce one more time, I'm taking off all your legs with my shotgun, Rebus remarks, picking up said weapon. So, let me guess. D's smile fades as he taps his fingers on the table methodically. Since you know of my power now, you're going to set some ground rules, hmm? Make sure I don't cheat my way to victory? No rules. Blake picks up his prone, squinting his eyes intensely. Just right. Is that the Outback slogan? Scotty comments quietly to Blake. D did you just rip off Outback? Is that where I heard that before? Blake asks as the two begin discussing whether they should go to the famous restaurant from Down Under after the battle. Dee stares at Rebus, confused at the actions of the two. You know, Scotty, I think they don't think we're being serious about this. Oh, what gave you that idea? Scotty remarks with a smirk, finishing his glass of whiskey. Can we just get to the trouncing, please? Dee angrily remarks as Blake smirks, grabbing the pitcher of wine. He holds it high to the sky as Rebus walks over and sets his hand atop both parons. So, no rules, you said. Rebus comments with a sigh. I mean, aside from the normal rules of, like, Basic etiquette, Blake comments. L like, don't stab me or anything, but use all your fancy magic that you want. Fine. Then, when I count to three and raise my hand, the contest begins. Rebus comments as Scotty steps behind the bar, grabbing random ingredients for a cocktail. You'll have to completely drain your pitcher of its contents and stay standing. Three, two, one. And with that, the epic battle began. The race seemed not unlike their first encounter, with Blake rapidly chugging his beverage and Dee simply taking a few sips every few moments. It was like the tortoise and the hare, except with alcohol and no moral compass. Hmm, seems like you're doing good over there, kitten. Dee smirks as he snaps his fingers and Blake's pitcher begins to refill as before, but it stops halfway. Dee's eyebrows furrow in worry as he begins drinking his wine a bit more quickly. He's drinking faster than Dee can refill it! Rebus remarks wide-eyed. He hadn't seen anyone drink this fast since Dionysus's early years. However, it wasn't just Blake's drinking speed that was working to their advantage, however. Rebus! Rebus, what kind of... What kind of wine is this? Dee remarks, slightly swaying back and forth. It feels a bit stronger than usual. Just 12% as usual, 
Rebus comments, grabbing the bottle. Blake smirks as he continues guzzling the wine. Scotty grabs his monstrosity of a cocktail and brings it over, watching on in joy. You all right, buddy? You... you sure? There's not anything else in here? D hiccups as he finishes the first third of his pitcher. He looks up to see Blake with a nearly empty glass smirking. He snaps his fingers again, desperately trying to refill the hero's bottle, but to no avail. Nothing else alcoholic. Blake smirks as he pulls out an empty vial. But Frederick Nietzsche sends his regards. What? You... You son of a bitch! Dee drunkenly slurs as Rebus looks down on him with no sympathy. They cheated! No rules. Rebus smirks as Blake raises up his pitcher, offering a toast. Just right. Blake puts the Peron to his lips and Dee panics, grabbing his pitcher and begins violently chugging it. Unfortunately, it seems his alcohol tolerance was also one of his godly powers as he quickly passes out onto the floor, blackout drunk. Well, Blake, Scotty smiles, placing a hand on his friend's shoulder. I'd call that one public trouncing. That's it. Get in the shotgun. Rebus comments as he passes by the two. Suddenly, he looks down at Scotty's drink, confused. Boy, what in the hell is that? Look, you guys seem to have the whole D thing handled, so I made this. He holds his martini glass high, decorated with sour gummy worms. It's just cherry vodka, lime juice, some syrup. Want to give it a try? I I think I'm good. Rebus comments, going over to pick up D's body, placing it on a nearby couch. Scotty smirks as Blake samples the beverage and gives an approving thumbs up. He begins to make two more drinks as Rebus returns to the bar, shaking his head. Drink along with the BS. All right, everybody. You want to make the drink that uh, Scotty had in that last chapter there? Just follow this recipe for the shotgun. Ingredients. You're going to want one and a half ounces of cherry vodka, one and a half ounces of lime juice, 0.5 ounces of sour cherry syrup, and 0.5 ounces of simple syrup. Add to that a little bit of sour sugar, which is just like citric acid and sugar. And then, of course, some gummy worms or cherries if you want to be fancy. I don't know. All right. Step one. Rim the martini glass with the sour mix. Or don't. Like, I don't care, guys. Like, do whatever you want. Uh, step two. Put all that wet shit, all the vodka, all the waters, all that... Put that into a shaker with some cold-ass ice cubes, okay? Step three, just make like Taylor Swift and shake it off, baby. Just get it going. Get it nice and cold. And step four, okay, uh, step four, I really just kind of wonder why this drink is called the shotgun, but it's not in a shot glass. It, it seems like it would have been obvious, but I, I don't know. Just thought a martini glass would be classier. Uh, step five, strain all your big boy drink. Put that into a glass. And step six, put the cherry on it if you want to be all nice and fancy, or line it with gummy worms if you're a real man. And step seven, as always, down that shit. Do it in one if you need to. You got more vodka, I don't care. And then step eight, of course, repeat. Chapter 23, Stuck in the Middle. So, 
Can I get you boys anything before you head out? Rebus asks as the boys begin to pack up their things. Blake quickly rushes to the bar for a beer as Scotty reluctantly takes a seat next to him. Rebus laughs as Blake stares up at him like an excited puppy. I want bourbon and beer and... Blake begins excitedly listing off liquor, rewarding himself for a job well done against Dionysus. Rebus happily obliges, then turns to Scotty, who's simply staring off into the wall of bottles, lost in thought. You all right, kid? Rebus asks as he pours a glass of scotch for the distraught hero. Scotty offers a quick nod of the head as Rebus attempts to distract him from his thoughts. So, uh, how's your dad doing, anyways? Oh, yeah, he's, um, he's... Scotty attempts to formulate a lie, not just for Rebus, but for himself. He hadn't had a chance to acknowledge what had happened since he last saw his father. He chokes up, but finally admits, He's a... a He's gone. Like, gone, gone? Rebus asks solemnly. As Scotty once again nods his head, Rebus sighs a heavy sigh. He pulls out another glass for himself, then heads back to his ever-changing wall of liquor. He returns with an ancient bottle, dusting debris off its surface. Kid, you're gonna want something stronger than that. What? Scotty asks as Rebus presents the bottle. Its label had been rendered nearly unreadable from years of aging, but Rebus merely smiles and uncorks it, pouring full glasses of the liquor for himself, Scotty, and Blake. The trio gather together as Rebus raises his glass. I'd, uh, I'd been saving this bottle of scotch for your father. Rebus smiles, staring at the dark caramel color of the beverage. It was the first drink Agent Moore ever ordered at my bar. He asked me for the oldest scotch I had. And, uh, I refused to pour it for him. I mean, he begged day in and day out, but I knew this had to be saved for something special. You know, I always told him to wait. Reba smiles while a tear rolls down his cheek. I, I told him that the only way he'd even be able to get a swig of this would be when he earned it. And, uh, I think he's finally earned it. Scotty, this one's for your father. The three men smile and clink their glasses in honor of Scotty's father, then down the ancient scotch. Blake puts an arm around his friend as Scotty nearly breaks down in tears. The three men sit in solemn silence for a moment until Scotty finally speaks up. Give me another. He smiles quietly, offering up his glass. Rebus looks at him, then offers up a quick belly laugh, shocked at what Scotty's asking him. Scotty's smile quickly fades as his eyebrows furrow, confused. What? That was good scotch! I'll tell you the same damn thing I told your daddy, boy. He smiles as he picks up the bottle and hides it in the bar. The minute you earn it, the minute you drink it. That first one was for your daddy, but as far as I'm concerned, you've barely earned a glass of Jack at this point. Then pour me a Jack. Scotty smiles as Rebus sighs, turning to his bar and pouring the hero a glass of the famed whiskey. From behind him, he hears Scotty ask a question that he had been terrified to answer. So you're the Lord of Darkness, right? I'm sorry? Rebus asks nervously, handing Scotty the glass of Jack on the rocks. I mean, you're Erebus, right? God of darkness? Scotty remarks, sipping the whiskey while looking at his phone. I mean, it's got everything here on your Wikipedia page. Not sure why you seem so surprised that I know. That 
That may be me, yes. Erebus remarks quietly while pouring Blake another drink. He nervously steps back to converse with Scotty while Blake takes his 14th drink of the night out onto the dance floor, performing some celebratory dancing to absolutely no music at all. So that leads to the question of the day, Scotty remarks, placing down his empty glass. Why exactly is the Lord of Darkness himself helping us? I mean, escaping seems like it'd be right up your alley, but instead, you're on our side. What do you want from us? I, uh, shouldn't you be helping him? Rebus attempts to distract Scotty by pointing to Blake, who has ceased his dancing and began snapping his fingers under a dramatic spotlight. How does a bastard... Orphan. Blake snaps his fingers and begins dancing, singing the opening number to Broadway hit Hamilton. Son of a whore and a Scotsman, dropped in the middle of a... Oh no, he's got like two whole acts of music to go through before it becomes a problem. It's kind of impressive, really. Scotty comments, turning back to Rebus and tapping on his empty glass. Nice attempt at avoiding the question, though. Look, kid, I know this is hard to understand. He comments, refilling Scotty's drink. But not all of us gods are into the whole chaos thing. In fact, the only way a lot of us have any power is by working together. I mean, take me, for instance. I mean, believe me, I hate that Ethan guy. But if he didn't bring the light, then my darkness means nothing. If I didn't bring darkness, his light means nothing. It's like yin and yang. We both need each other to exist, but if you put us together, it's chaos. That's why I wanted to help your father. Because us gods, we're all ego, believe me. I mean, we call ourselves gods. It's kind of in the title. But these young guys, they don't realize that they need each other. They don't realize that chaos and discord reigns when they fight each other. Speaking of discord, how exactly did you meet her? Meet who? Scotty asks, staring confusedly at Rebus. Eris, goddess of discord? He explains to the still-confused young man sitting in front of him. The black-haired girl with a nice ass. Oh, her. Scotty remarks with a smile, sipping his drink. She found me, actually. Uh, she gave me the address to this place and told me to come and find her, and, uh... Wait. I think I might have just figured something out. That you got played like a damn fiddle? Chapter 24 Retaliation. Fuck! Scotty yells in anger as Blake begins reenacting the Battle of Yorktown with Dionysus's unconscious body. That's it. That, that's it. I'm gonna fucking kill her. Actually, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Rebus comments, attempting to calm Scotty down. I mean, I know you may not think Discord to be the best thing, but many people said that about myself as well. Your point? Scotty asks aggressively, demanding another glass of whiskey. My point is that this world needs discord. It needs conflict. It's how men get better and how the world improves. He explains, handing Scotty the bottle of whiskey, tired of pouring it. She's just got a bad head on her shoulders, that's all. That's all? She undid years of work that the middlemen that my father worked on. Scotty comments, angrily swigging from the dark bottle. Rebus looks at him and smiles. Ah, technically, you undid that. 
Scotty looks up at Rebus, shocked at his words. He stands, gripping the bottle, ready to strike. Calm down, young man. Believe me, I'd rather you undo it than any of those other middlemen legacies. <laughs> Most of them can barely tie a shoelace, but I know your daddy. And I know you. And I trust you to fix your mistake. Rebus continues, attempting to calm Scotty, but to no avail. He looks down at the hero's hand, white-knuckling the bottle. You want to hit me? Hit me. But just remember, you're still dealing with a god, boy. Not no wine-drinking sissy one, either. Fair point, Scotty comments, placing the bottle back onto the counter. So tell me more about Eris. Well... I can't, really, Rebus comments with a small chuckle. You see, years ago, when the middlemen began wrangling up all the gods, only two managed to escape. Eris and her brother, Harmony. They're kind of like me and Ethan, complete opposites, but bound due to their natures. Harmony hid himself away in a locket, terrified of Eris's actions, while Eris went a different route, abandoning the gods entirely and walking the earth alone. In fact, the first time I saw her since the capture was the other night when she walked into the bar. No idea what she's up to now. And what about Morpheus and his crew? What do they have to do with it? Scotty asks, interrogating Rebus for answers. The god merely laughs and grabs a stool, taking a seat. Ah, that lot's just a bunch of dreamers. Rebus replies with a smirk as Scotty stares back stone-faced. Dreamers are excitable, willing to do whatever it takes to escape. Nothing to be afraid of, though. In all likelihood, they're just pawns for Eris's game. Nothing to be afraid of? They're why my dad is dead. Scotty remarks, dumbfounded at Rebus's remarks. Rebus sighs and lowers his head. I'm sorry. I didn't know things had gotten this bad. He comments, gripping the bottle of liquor. I mean, I was praying that Harmony would find some way to help defend against his sister, but he hasn't shown up. I just... I don't know what's happened. Do you have any idea where he's gone? Scotty asks as Blake loudly raps about the banking system behind them. Like, is there anyone that might have the locket? Well, I've heard rumors. Rebus checks the bar for any interlopers that they've kept it locked in the Birmingham Institute of Mythology. Well, I'm sure you hate that name, Scotty smirks. You guys are just myths to the rest of the world. Yeah, they may not believe in us, he smirks and snaps his fingers. But they definitely believe in what we do. What'd you just do? Scotty asks, staring at Rebus's fingers. Ah, just a blackout in San Francisco. It should be over in a couple hours. He belly laughs, then upends the bottle of whiskey, finishing it off. But yeah, Institute of Mythology. I'd head there before anywhere else. All right. Thanks, Rebus. Scotty turns back to see a slightly sobered-up Dionysus holding a gun to the air as Blake mimes shooting him. Blake! What the fuck are you doing? What? It's the finale! Blake comments as D falls to the ground, writhing in mock pain. Plus, apparently Dionysus loves Hamilton. I guess he's really not that bad of a guy. Well, is he willing to come with us? Scotty comments as they both look down to see D staring up at them, happily nodding his head yes. Blake offers a hand to help him up as Scotty sighs. 
Damn it, that means I have to listen to show tunes in the car again. The world turned upside down. Blake and Dee sing in unison in the back seat as Scotty white knuckles the wheel, driving towards the Birmingham Institute of Mythology. In an attempt to quiet them, he turns down the radio, resulting in them only singing louder. Guys, do you think that we could... Scotty stops himself, shocked at what's sit before him. Even the two drunkards in the back seem to sober up as they stare at the Institute, which was pouring out flames. With a quick maneuver, Scotty parks the car and the heroes run towards the Inferno. Fuck. Fuck, this isn't good. Blake comments as the wind picks up the fire, spreading it to the heavens. There's nothing in there that we need, right? Just... just the amulet that contains the only person that can save us in this situation. Scotty comments as the building begins to collapse. With a rush of heroism, Blake pushes Scotty out of the way and begins rushing towards the building. Well, fuck it! Let's go get it, then! Blake rushes in as Scotty stares dumbfounded. You guys coming or what? Let's do this. Scotty calls as he rushes in after his friend. Dee sighs and sits on the street corner, lighting up a cigarette. Yeah, I'm good out here. You guys have fun. Dee calls as the boys rush into the museum. Fire fills every hallway as they rush towards the section featuring Greek mythology, the very section that the blaze seems to be erupting from. They rush past a burning tapestry as they search for the Amulet of Harmony. Wait, here it is! Blake cries as he finds a case marked Necklace of Harmonia. His hope turns to sorrow, however, when he finds the case completely empty. He stares in, quickly losing all hope. Chunks of the building begin collapsing around them as the boys fall to a heap, their lungs giving way to the smoke. Suddenly a force swoops down on them and rushes them outside. The entire building collapses as the duo fall to the ground, having been saved by a mystery man. They cough violently as the smoke burns their eyes. Eventually they manage to clear out the smoke just long enough to see... Dionysus? Scotty looks up confused as the god stands sheepishly. He shrugs as the two smile at him, unsure of why a god would save his sworn enemies. Scotty sighs as the building finally rests in a heap behind them. Well, so much for Harmonia, I guess. They slowly make their way to their feet, discovering another figure in front of them. Unlike the welcoming figure of Dionysus, this was something different. They look up the slender torso of the woman, fear growing on their face as she smiles, playing with the broken amulet around her neck. Looking for this? Chapter 25. Fairest of them all. Really? Blake coughs, struggling to stand. Pulling the looking for this card? Jesus, I thought you'd be more creative than that old cliché. Yeah, just kick us in the nuts and run or something, Scotty adds on as she reaches down and grabs both of their hands. Oh, you know I'd never do that, she smirks as the two boys stand in front of her, kissing both of their hands. Wouldn't want to hurt those precious little things, would we? Okay, look, the flirting stuff was kind of hot beforehand. Scotty rips his hand away from her, backing up. But now that I know you're a complete and total evil bitch, you find it... Completely irresistible. She smiles as Scotty's eyes widen, refusing to admit that she's right. The building continues to burn behind them as Eris begins to walk down the street. Well, better hurry along. Don't want to expose your little secret, would we, middlemen? 
You can run all you want, Blake comments under his breath as they reach the corner of the intersection. But you know you're not getting away with this. Oh? Oh, who's the cliché machine now? She smirks as she notices D, who has begun to stare Eris up and down. Eris, I see you've, uh... Who you've grown up, haven't you? He continues to stare as the goddess of discord grabs his chin and lifts his gaze up to meet hers. Oh, Dionysus, if I wasn't so sure you batted for the other team, I'd say you were checking me out. She chuckles as Dee disgruntedly pulls out another cigarette and lights up. Now, as I was saying, I don't have to worry about getting away with anything. I've already won! How do you figure that? Blake asks as Scotty stares at the broken necklace around her neck. Her fingers play with the two shattered golden pieces as she smiles wickedly. His mind's wheels begin to spin as he makes a sickening realization. He's already gone, isn't he? As Scotty utters these words, Eris bursts into laughter. She rubs the broken amulet as if it were a trophy. Her eyes roll into the back of her head, falling into ecstasy as she relives the destruction of Harmony. Oh, yes. Her voice hisses as she moans. Blake and Scotty share embarrassed glances as her voice carries across the streets. She smirks at them and turns to walk away, calling over her shoulder. Harmony's dead, my dear boys. Stop, Blake calls nervously. She turns to look over her shoulder, shocked at the sudden outburst from Blake, who stands holding out the middleman sticker that he prays will be replaced with a badge one day. You're under arrest in the name of the middleman. Is he serious? She asks with a laugh, crossing back towards our heroes. I mean, I have to admit that's quite a ballsy move for you, sticker and all. Fine, I'll come with you. I mean, you did say I was under arrest and all, so I guess I'm forced to answer to you, but first... With a quick whistle, she gets the attention of D, who drops his cigarette. He stands at attention like a dog ready to follow its master's orders. From within her purse, she pulls out a glorious golden apple sparkling in the sun. Dionysus's eyes don't leave the fruit as she tosses it towards Blake. This apple belongs to the fairest in the entire land. She smiles as Blake catches the apple, and Dee's eyes turn blood red. Her voice carries throughout the streets of Birmingham, getting the attention of all around her. It seems as if every citizen turns towards Blake at once, eyes glowing red. Blake, drop the apple. Scotty urges his friend until he looks over to Blake, staring down into the apple, obsessed with the thrall of the metallic fruit. People begin swarming them at once, cars running off the road. Chaos reigns as Scotty grabs Blake and begins to run. Fuck! G go! Go! They seem to outrun the massive horde of people, but not Dionysus, who is bounding towards them like a hound, dedicated to proving himself as the fairest of them all. With a quick pounce, the god leaps through the air, grabbing Blake's legs and causing the heroes to fall to the concrete. No! It's mine! Blake cries as he kicks against the face of Dionysus, attempting to pry the beast off of him. As the two fight on the ground, the horde of humans begin to descend on them, crawling up the street like a terrifying wave of zombies, each sporting blood-red eyes. You know what? Fuck it. Scotty calls, pulling out two specialized guns from the middleman armory, setting them to stun. He aims them both to the sky as the crowd approaches, about to pounce on Blake and Dionysus. Looks like we're doing this. 
With a quick pounce over his friend, Scotty begins unloading into the group of civilians, sending them to the ground with stun charges. A police officer approaches with a shotgun. Scotty quickly grabs him from behind, forcing the weapon out of his hand and slamming him to the ground. Ha! Scotty hears D cry as he turns to see the god running away, holding the golden apple high. As the crowd begins running towards Blake, destined to trample him, Scotty quickly rushes and grabs his friend, and the two begin running after Dionysus. Scotty attempts to fire back a few more stuns into the crowd, only to discover his gun had run out of stun rounds. With a quick burst of aggression, he runs towards Dionysus and tackles him over, firing live rounds into his stomach, causing him to howl in agony. Get the fuck back! Scotty angrily calls to the crowd, aiming his gun at them. He fires a few rounds into the sky as he maniacally stares at them. He prayed that their survival instinct would overwhelm any need for the apple. Don't you dare fucking move! Keeping his gun trained on the people, Scotty reaches down and snatches the apple out of Dee's hand. He stares at it, disgusted. Suddenly, a small smile grows on his face as he places the apple in his knapsack. Turns out that no one could be immune to Eris's thrall. Suddenly, a large limousine screeches down the street, speeding towards the crowd of people. Scotty barely seems to notice, continuing to aim his gun at both the crowd and his best friend. His concentration wasn't broken until he heard a familiar voice screaming. The voice of his mother. Get in now! Boy... Listening back, it's been a while since I've uh, I wrote this book in 2019, 2018, somewhere. It was a while back. But listening back, it's making me realize how great this book would be if, um, how do I say this? If the BS weren't in it. If Blake and Scotty were not involved. Oh, it'd be amazing. You get these intricate characters. You get to meet the gods and how they... They're like a family. There are arguments. There's the bad egg. Of course, Eris. I guess bad apple is more appropriate. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yes, it's it's very interesting getting to meet them. You get to learn about Dionysus and learn he's not a bad guy completely. And I very much wanted that to be a running theme, is that... No one's truly bad, no one's truly good. Other than Eris, Eris is kind of the worst. But even then, it is revealed that there is reasons behind her evil. It is not just... E- I wanted very much the nature of good and evil to be thrown out the window. Uh, the fact that the only reason why they went after Dionysus is he was a target. So we, as the audience, automatically expect, oh, he must be a bad guy. But then he saves them from the museum fire. So, oh, wait, he must be a good guy. And then, of course, uh, that great conversation with Erebus at the bar. He is the god of darkness. Why is he not dark? Why is he not a bad guy? And then, of course, it's revealed because there cannot be a bad guy without a good guy. There is a, a balance. And so this book is very much a lot about balancing good and evil and not trying to put a very descriptive label on them to be super bad. Erebus might be a god of darkness, but there is good to him. And then there are, of course, going to be good characters who have negative elements to them. That is kind of a running theme. I very much wanted to be present throughout this book. I enjoyed that a lot. Now, of course, as always, if you want to support the BS boys, you can on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Lord of BS. You get access to a slew of different shows from uh, You Paid For This, where they watch terrible movies and 
and commentator for them. There is Wrestling History X. If you enjoy professional wrestling, they talk about the history of professional wrestling. It's all on patreon.com slash a load of BS. And then, of course, you can pick up that BS merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. There used to be a shirt for BS versus the gods, but... They p- took it down, I guess. So it's the only way I could have made money is gone. Hey. In, uh, no. Hey, no, 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 no. Don't, don't bring up the shirt. The Look, shirt I'm sorry. I didn't ugly. mean to say we it. I did The no, shirt stop. was ugly. So you know what? Maybe get a better shirt next time, bud, and then we'll try and give you money. Nyeh, nyeh, nyeh. Ugh. I hate that guy. See you next week, folks. Drink a shotgun for me.